Welcome to today's episode of Crafting the Groove. Today's guest is Jose Martinez. J-Mart. J-Mart. Hey guys. We will be talking about Queens of the Stone Age. Songs for the Deaf. It's a very artistic album. It's a saga. Let's go and start the episode. <laughs> I wanted to do that. I wanted to actually right. do that once. Well, you did it. All right, we got it out of the way. We got it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh man, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. No, it's, it's gonna be fun. This is fun. This yeah. is a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I figure it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, just oh, gonna oh, get oh. this out of the way. I feel like Queens of the Stone Age is like the great value version of Atreyu. Shut up. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, you <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Great value version. Shut up, you idiot. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're drinking today. It's like our city's uh, Marshall Zukov's Russian Imperial Stout, uh, 2016. Cheers, love. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Uh, uh, I mean, we don't fucking reach, bro. The table uh, yeah, there's a big-ass table in the way. Uh, you guys suck. You need to be like Mr. Fantastic. Oh, I am. I oh. am. <laughs> so, Jose, man, what's going on? Nothing, nothing here, man, guys. Uh, thanks for inviting me on your show. No, no, I, you're a fan of music. Like fan this was a natural progression. Yeah, yeah. eventually. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. I figured I'd, we'd uh, we'd cross paths. Yeah, at some point. Absolutely. So, but yeah, um, I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm gonna talk about uh, a really fun album, one that I like to listen to often. Um. But yeah, let's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Hopefully, we could uh, give a good show. Cool. So, um, you know, you're a you're a guitar guy. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think all of us are guitar uh, guys. I mean, I'm like a really shitty guitar guy. Me too. Yeah. But no, you're 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 superior to me. In every way. <laughs> like I, I, I played when I was younger, and I've essentially spent like my late twenties being like, oh, I can do this again, and failing at it. Yeah, that happens. Mm. Yeah, after you take a long break, you go yeah, and you start like playing again. Years or yeah, whatever, you know? yeah, you, you take a long break and you start playing again, and you go, "Wow, how did I ever actually make this sound coherent?" Yeah, make and like sound like like songs and music. It, yeah. It's really tough because I remember enough to be like, "Oh, I don't want to learn this again. It's boring." But I also don't know enough to know that I actually need to really practice this super basic stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of rough, but I mean, you've been playing for you know a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, since I was uh, since I was eleven, so going on about twenty years. Yeah, there you go. Wow. So, so basically, when I stopped is when you started. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I picked it up in school. Um, saw some other guys, some people who were friends, uh, start playing, and the school offered classes, so I started there. Um, and one of the things was, you know, you'd learn some basic songs, and I always tried to see, hey, where can I go from here? What more can I learn? Right, outside of, outside of what the school would offer. Yeah, outside of what the school would offer. And also, you know, hey, you had people who liked punk rock music and who liked uh, Spanish music and who liked heavy metal music. And you kind of go, oh, okay, you know, all these different genres have something different to offer to the instrument. So 
that was one thing that kind of uh, I took that and and went a step further and kind of was like, all right, well, you know what? Hey, this is, you know, the, the stuff that's popular out now. You know, what else is there? You get introduced to different bands. You'd hear different kinds of guitar players. And, and once you heard those kinds of things, you would just kind of hear it in settings that you wouldn't normally think you'd hear it. So you'd hear it in movie soundtracks. You'd hear it in things like, uh, like in Cirque du Soleil, you know, they have a oh, yeah, really great. rocking band that yeah. plays along yeah. with them. So, um, so that kind of thing always, always, uh, drew my attention with, with music and guitar playing and rock music. So, um, you know, this, uh, this album isn't, you know, something that's, uh, that would be considered, you know, guitar virtuoso in any sense of this, in any sense of the word, but um, it's still a very fun album to listen to. It's got a lot of uh, great riffs. It it rocks pretty hard. Oh, I, I, I agree fully. So I mean, I don't even I don't even. So when I was younger, the idea of the virtuoso was like fantastic. So I didn't I didn't actually learn about metal till I was in high school, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate for me because I did really like punk rock when I was younger, and that's why I started playing guitar. Mm-hmm. But that kind of went out of fashion, and I stopped along with it, unfortunately. And I kick myself every day for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, the virtuo uh, the virtuosos are, are fun to listen to sometimes, but you can see I, I kind of got over it. Like I guess I outgrew it. Yeah, yeah. After a while, you kind of just go, okay, well, you know, this is nice. You know, hey, like this is a lot of skill, but you know, the average person wouldn't wouldn't appreciate this. I would say you know? maybe not even that because there's some uh, virtuosos that are a little more accessible than others, right? Mm-hmm. So like uh, Satriani always makes it a point to make a song not just jerk off on his guitar that's true or as other other people have which way more ego to it and they're just like i'm the best like uh what's his name zach wild no Uh, no he's not a virtual no 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 (laughs) zach wild is not a virtual wait who is it then malmstein 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 is is the the main offender yeah that's uh that's the one where crazy boots yeah everybody talks about ego and yeah i'm better than everybody first person that comes to mind i'm i'm fine to shit talk that guy like i don't even care (laughs) because <laughs> he's not even going to acknowledge that we exist yeah 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 well he did play the uh national anthem one time for the marlins i don't know if you knew that no i didn't yeah so yeah. he probably has some sort of connection to Miami. i mean i guess yeah i'm just saying i don't know you're maybe. right you're right so. but i mean you know maybe he just wanted to perform somewhere he's like how many people can i get in one place yeah that's true oh uh, the marlins is like what like five thousand yeah probably <laughs> and especially hey it's in great malstein playing the national anthem like all right king who? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? So no, you're right. You're right. There, there's like two ultimate mud butts. I took one of them. So if you want to get the one that's left over, no, actually, like these right here. Okay. Right, one of my favorite. Donuts, listeners. Donuts. Mm. Yeah. Donuts. There's actually some some good donut places out by here. Oh yeah. Um. What is it? Mojo Donuts. Yeah. And yeah. there's um. It's in Hollywood. And they have one in uh, Pompano, which is Dandy Donuts. Oh, really? You've never been there? No. Oh, dude. You no, because Mojo's like, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from Yeah, yeah, no. So, so this gone. one's near, so they have a they have a spot near Hollywood heading toward the beach. Okay. Yeah. And then there's one out in Pompano. That one's open 24 hours. Nice. So, wow. Yeah, it's off of Atlantic. So oh, okay. That's have, not that far. Yeah, no. It's, it's a little further than where I usually No, yeah, but I mean, like, so, uh, that's like, you know, 25, 30 minutes drive. Yeah, so. Uh, I, I go to a German place off Atlantic. Okay, cool. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, they have a lot of actual, like, some pretty decent German food out there. Yeah, and then there's also 26 Degrees on Atlantic as well, just a little bit east of the German place. Okay. Which, 26 Degrees, I don't know if you guys know, but opened in a, a closed Winn-Dixie. 
<laughs> wow. So, so it's just it must like be like super gigantic. high ceilings. Uh, you know, the, the, the seating area is not as big as you would think, but the entire brewery is in the Winn-Dixie. Okay. Nice. So, nice. you know, it's it's pretty spacious. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of like building a library inside of like a, a Walmart supercenter. Oh, that would be amazing. Dude. Dude, someone actually did that, but it wasn't here in Florida. It was like somewhere not. else. Why would it be here in Florida? We need our Walmarts. Yeah. Unfortunately. And not books. So. Yeah. yeah. Fucking books in Florida. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, as far as this uh record goes, I I kind of disagree maybe that it's not so fantastically uh written, because I think it is. I think it's simple, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's almost perfect with the, the guitar parts and stuff like that. I think, you know, these guys really killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all works really well together. I mean... With fun facts, I know maybe you, Mark, would like it. Uh, Dave Grohl actually played drums for this album, yeah, and toured. He with was them. in the video for Go with the Flow, yeah, uh, he, uh, in the video for No One Knows. Oh, it was the video for No One Knows, yeah, okay. where the where they're driving in the in the Jeep and they hit the deer and the deer goes, you're right, and, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. So, yeah, he was actually part of the band, yeah, like he was actually like legit member yeah, of the so band, like he's Dave on. and uh, Josh are actually pretty good friends, yeah, which is awesome. So I think Dave Grohl also played drums in them Crooked Vultures or maybe mm-hmm. guitar. Maybe both. I mean, he might have actually played all the parts and not told anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with, at least with when Dave Grohl's involved, like, it just, he just has kind of like a, a magic touch. Like, it just does really well. He automatically makes things better. Yeah. No, he does. Yeah. Uh, the guy's pretty much a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he should be president. <laughs> I think The Rock should be president. Can we get the rock here one day? Oh yeah, all the time. You know, just hang out like Dwayne. Yeah, what's up? Sweet. I just see him all the time. All right, cool. He lives out in like Davie or uh, that way. Yeah, well, so does like Udonis Haslam and stuff. I've been around that area and I could see him living out there because those houses are legit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like like he's in like the Western Davie area, I think, somewhere. Yeah. All right. So. I don't know if you heard. Um, one time they broke into Udonis Haslam's house. Oh yeah. And they saw whose house it was. And they left. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm, yeah. I I kind of like that. Yeah. They're like, oh, we fucked up. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh, this yeah. guy's cool. Yeah. We're out. So you have someone like, hey, you know, someone else that was on the team at the time, Chris Bosch. Uh, they broke into his house and took a bunch of jewelry and a bunch of stuff, and but they saw they broke into Udonis Haslam's house, and then I mean that could have gone several different ways because you know Haslam is kind of you know kind of real. He's from Miami, and he's but like he's a hometown hero. Yeah, you know? exactly. And also, he's kind of a, he's kind of real. Yeah, yeah. Like he he went to Miami High. Yeah, yeah. you know. So he's not from like yeah. He's not from the better parts of Miami no, necessarily. No. So yeah, he probably has some he um the proper what would be the term? I think he uh, he mobs deep. So okay. He probably has a yeah. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. He probably has that. some people that, that yeah uh, for sure. If uh you know if they if they mess with him yeah they will mess with that person. So mm. so this album. You could tell that it's a uh, very indicative of the time that it was written, the style, and you know what's present on the album. Like as soon as I started playing, I went blindly first into listening um, to the album, and I'm like, "Oh, this has to be like from the early 2000s." I I couldn't place it, honestly. If you had to ask me, you're like, "What year does this come out?" I'd be like, "I don't know." I mean, yeah, that um. In terms of the style, yeah, I mean, because I've, I've known about the album since the early 2000s. Yeah, that's the thing, too, but I mean. In in a sense, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it's rock, hard rock. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just guitars, drums, bass, screaming, soft vocals, whatever. You can 
yeah have that really in any dinner any generation um you know with i mean I, I haven't listened to too much now that's that's out now but i mean probably nothing that sounds like this but if the album came out this year you really couldn't tell I mean, mm-hmm. the same exact album like i think maybe the closest thing you mm-hmm. could get now is if you're listening to uh, xm radio and you listen to the uh, alternative station mm-hmm. and like a, a, a badass song came on because mm-hmm. a lot of it is like bullshit on that station but occasionally you'll get like a you know a head nodder you know with, with some rhythm to it yeah <laughs> um but honestly when you tell me early 2000s i think of like orlando rock yeah yeah you know like creed and stained and everybody that sounds like they live in a trailer sorry trailer living people <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why i say it is because like like for me when i was introduced to to rock um it it was like a lot of the bands that i was i listened to were very riff intensive and this album it uh shows that that they were it's mostly like riffs and versus like solos and stuff like that riffs and hooks man riffs and hooks yeah it was mostly mm-hmm. riffs and hooks definitely i feel like if uh these guys got signed and then they released these this album and it was like uh like it showed that i mean were they signed to like a major la- label at, at the time? Yeah, that's an excellent fucking question. I don't even know that they're signed to a major label now. It shows Interscope on the album. Oh so. shit! But yeah, I wow. mean, I yeah. think I think well, they yeah probably Dave Grohl had. I mean, they got super fucking play on MTV when this came out. Yeah, I think that's where You're I first right. saw the video. Yeah. Like for Go with the Flow, I yeah, saw like for, a million times. Yeah, yeah, I got sick of it. But uh, with because uh, no one knows, I think it was like MTV or MTV Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. When MTV2 had music. Yeah, MTV2 showed, like, when you wanted to watch videos, you would watch MTV2 at that time. Yeah, because they only showed music. Yeah, and there you would see actual bands, like, I remember, you would see videos for, for bands you'd never heard of. And yeah. it was like, hey, you know, like, music's actually pretty decent. So you'd yeah. see stuff like that. Um, I think uh, one time it was, uh, I was introduced to, to Coheed and Cambria. I'd never heard of them until I saw the video on MTV2. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, Lost Prophet. Yeah, I don't know. Last Train, please. Yeah. It's the anthem of a generation. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's where really you get introduced to it. And, and of course, you have someone who's, what at the time was uh, part of the Foo Fighters, you know, part of Nirvana, as the drummer in the video. And you're like, well, who are these guys? And you start looking into it. And, hey, Dave Grohl's actually part of the band. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, I mean, and I don't necessarily know that Dave Grohl had the same cachet that he does now because he's just made a monstrous career for himself and the Foo Fighters in general. You know, there's 10 types of people in the world. Those who like the Foo Fighters and those who've never heard him. <laughs> it's a double joke. Yeah. You don't like it. I got it. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a Pineda joke. Yeah, definitely. That's a Pineda joke. It's too deep. I can see that. Too deep, five me. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, 3D, 5D. Four spoopy. Two sp- uh. <laughs> Lewis is like, I can't do math. Shut up. It's Sunday, you know. I, I mean, you're right. It's you're early right. morning. Yeah. yeah. No, like, he didn't have the same cachet, so... Like, I knew who he was, because I knew all the members of Nirvana, but I didn't fully understand the impact that he was going to have, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. So I was like, Dave Grohl's in that band. Cool. And didn't really think anything of it. Okay. You know. By that time... Um, what's his name? Damn, I'm blanking out right now. I feel like a 
dumbass. Everybody's going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, think- I mean, I was the dumbass in the first episode. Everything I said was wrong. So <laughs> you can't get worse than Hey, me. whatever. We're just going to... We'll just record it, and then we'll you can correct it later. No, we'll fuck that. I'm not going to record no, it. No, no, no. We don't, we don't do that. No, we I'm do- saying like, hey, yeah, I said that wrong last time. It's not wrong anymore. We, I, this is the right thing. I don't even care. No, we do live. We fuck up, we fuck up. Do a oh, live. Okay. Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> so, um... What's his name? The 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 singer from for Nirvana. I'm so Kurt Cobain. There you go, Kurt Cobain. Wow. Sorry, listeners, if you're a big Nirvana fan. Uh, um, like, I I forgot my train of thought already. I realize this. Fuck it. Moving on. All right. So I'm gonna start. Let's jump into this album. Sure. So fucking this this song. I love this fucking song. Wait, did you skip the intro? Like, yeah, because the intro is super fucking like. Yeah, so that intro. Um, I don't even think it was on the first version of the album that I heard. It it uh it is, but you have to play it on a CD player. Uh-huh. And you basically rewind the first track, okay. and it becomes like a, it's a secret track. Oh, okay. yeah. so it's like a negative track. Yeah, it's a negative okay. track. Yeah. yeah, those are were always sweet. I remember yeah. uh, first time I found that on was like Buster Rhymes. Oh, cool. Where those like negative tracks because I would like skip through to hear a song that I wanted, but then if I let it play through, I heard a skit. And I'm like, where did this get come from? I look at my CD player and it's like negative two minutes. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know? Walk us through it, Jose. All right. So this first track is uh, usually shortened uh, as Millionaire, but uh, it's titled, You Think I Ain't Worth a Dollar, But I Feel Like a Millionaire. So uh, basically the, the, the concept of this album here is uh, driving from L.A., to Joshua Tree in California. Mm-hmm. Which is very close to where Josh Homme grew up. Yeah, because mm. he's basically... A child of the desert. Yeah, that's right. the best way to put it. Yeah. So, you know, so the first thing that happens here on the song is the car starts, turns on the radio, and it's clone radio. Right. So kind of poking at, you know, what is popular radio, and especially in, like, the two, early 2000s, you know, it's just the first, the same... 10 songs by the way radio in la fucking sucks jesus it's the worst yeah it's all fucking poison and white snake and bullshit so they've never left the uh 80s hair metal no like they love like, that shit sunset strip they grew kinda. up there it was born there yeah you uh, know that makes sense I mean, i'll find out soon enough in a couple couple weeks and their radio in spanish is is the worst as well yeah yeah we have the best spanish radio hands down period yeah i don't care who you are yeah okay we have better radio than spain yeah, better radio than Spain. Yeah, if you can dig that. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. That's, I mean, a, that's, a, that's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting fact. Yeah. Um. So I mean, this here, it's just drums, screaming, guitar. I mean, it's it's a great song. It's just you play this loud and you drive fast and try to punch somebody in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, it's it's basically what what the what the song's about, you know. You know, it would be comparable to White Limo on Wasting Light. Yeah, yeah, which is also very much LA rock, like mm-hmm. in your face kind of thing. Yeah. So it stops and it starts back up again. Let's, go. Let's keep that. going. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna keep going. I feel like this is a uh, one of those songs that you know those people in the gym would listen to. Oh, I can't. No, because I. Like I can't rap that fast, man. Yeah, but you can drive that fast. Yeah. So. <laughs> but maybe some people who are like, no, man, know, slow as gains. Slow I know gains. slow as gains, but there's some you know scumbags that are out there that are like, yeah, yeah, and they just go to the beat of the music, you know, going. <laughs> uh, what the fuck is going on? 
Sorry. What is yeah, happening? Technical malfunction. Yeah. So then we go to the. Oh, yeah. So track two, uh, like, no one knows. Yes. Hit. Super gigantic. Yeah. yeah like, hit. As soon as I heard the song, I was like, I remember this song. Yeah. So, so this was something that. Um, so one of the things that uh, Josh does is he has these uh, desert sessions. He invites friends and other musicians to kind of perform and they record it. And it's, this was one of those songs that was, uh, you know, written before this album mm-hmm. was even recorded. Oh, really? So, yeah. So That's during awesome. the desert sessions. Yeah. So probably it, it, uh, it lived in a different incarnation, probably a little slower, maybe slightly different drum pattern or something. Who knows? But yeah. Um, but yeah, first exposure to Queens of the Stone Age was this. I mean, of course, they've had other albums before, Rated R, and of course, Josh was part of Caius and, and things like that. Caius was fucking he, cult huge, if you can dig Yeah, that. so kind of. I yeah. feel like it's gained fame well after it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, disbandment. But uh, Caius is very much like just rock, you know, like the, mm-hmm. in its most raw form. Yeah. So. And he was 14 when he was in Caius, like. You know, he's been doing this essentially. Yeah, he's been doing this for a while. His entire yeah. life. So I got something to point out. Like, listen to the song carefully. Like the the guitar in the in the in the verse. I feel that there's kind of a polka influence. Like, listen. I believe it. Right? Like, cause I, I mean he, he Josh did learn guitar from somebody who who like he basically taught polka. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so so I kind of once I, I I learned that fact, I listened to the song later on, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, no, I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I can see it. Like, I, I like if you if you if you speed this up, it's a polka. It's a polka. It's a weird old song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It doesn't you're take right. anything away from it. No, I'm just saying it was great. something interesting that after learning a fact, listening to the song, it just kind of came into my mind like just out of nowhere. Well, like, you're hearing it differently now. So yeah, you, exactly. You know, that's cool. But um, yeah, I got really familiar with this from Guitar Hero One. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I played the shit out of the song. Yeah, that's one of the one of the things I really like about um, those Guitar Hero games and Rock Band games. You get exposed to oh, you, you people really get exposed- listen to those motherfucking songs. Yeah, 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 and not only that, you get exposed to songs that you may have never ever oh, for like, sure. heard. You yeah. know, like hey, there's people who have never ever heard of, you know. Lamb of God, or yeah, and then hey, well, no, but oh yeah, they're in Guitar Hero or they're in Rock Band, yeah, or whatever, yeah, so. No, for sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, this song, it's just, it's super catchy. Yeah. It's got a great drum track, I think. And the hook is a killer. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of strange how this song became a hit. Um, Just because when you think about it, like, it doesn't kind of really fit a, you know, what you would typically think of as a hit. You know, you'd have your verse and bridge, chorus, verse. Bridge, chorus, chorus, outro kind of thing, you yeah. know? Um, but this, you know, it has this part where, like, the bass kicks in and then the solo and then just some drums and this kind of mishmash of parts that you wouldn't think would be played on radio or MTV at the time was super gigantic hit. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't remember hearing it on the radio, per se. Probably on Zeta. I, I had stopped listening to Zeta at that time. I was just like, Zeta, you, you're dead to me. Yeah, that's what. Uh, actually, Zeta went away around that time. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah pro- so, but it, it's I, we didn't have any kind of rock radio for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and we kind of still don't. Well, we have uh, one hundred four three, the Shark. 
Oh yeah, the shark. Yeah. But the shark got crazy though. The shark was like awesome '90s alternative, and then I yeah. started hearing random ass shit, and I'm like, "What is this shark?" Yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess that's our only hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all we got. Or classic, re- classic rock, which yeah. essentially is, sooner or later they're all gonna come. I full circle. I disagree with that. Uh, classic rock is like anything 20 years old, and oh. I disagree with that strongly. I feel like classic rock is rock from the 60s, 70s, and maybe like touching yeah. into the 80s. And that is what classic rock is, not just rock that's 20 years old. Yeah, because I remember hearing songs that were released. I remember the day they were released. I remember going to the store and buying the album, yeah. the CD, the day they were released. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, hey, new song from whatever band. I heard fucking like Soundgarden. I'm like, oh, God, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> this is not classic rock, you know? Yeah. All right. So now we've uh, transitioned here to uh, First It Giveth, which yeah. is actually another single off of the album. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they had three singles. It was uh, No One Knows. First it giveth and uh, go with the flow. flow. Yeah. So first it giveth, um, pretty much narrows like just to summarize it is, uh, it's about drug use. Yeah. No, yeah. the whole fucking album is about drug use. Yeah. Well, this one in particular. <laughs> <laughs> so drug use, you know, opening doors to creativity. Uh, first it giveth, and then then it taketh away. Then it taketh away. Exactly. Yeah, so. no. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty strong message. I listened to an interview uh, that Josh Homme did, I believe, with Mark Marin. Mm-hmm. He talked a lot about uh, his issues with drug use and also, like, a lot of the songs that had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Mark Marin also being a, a recovering addict, uh, you know, for like 14 years he's been clean, but was deep into it for a long time. That was a very interesting conversation. Um, and I've noticed that we're noticing a, we're, we have a weird pattern here about drug use. In yeah. all our music that we've yeah, done so yeah, far, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, something that happened. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why, because I've never, luck. You know, uh, luckily never had to deal with that kind of thing. Uh, but also, you know, is it a chicken or the egg kind of thing with drug use and musicians? You like, know, like was there music before drugs? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know that there was kind of thing. Yeah, you know. So I mean, you know, you can see it like just. A lot of time alone. Um, you know, hey, you're on the road for months and months and months. Yeah, you don't right. see your family, your friends, and just, you know, you're trying to make it all work. You know, so you're just working really hard at your music and playing live and going to shows and all that stuff. And then proceeding to not, uh, you know, just going into this. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's chicken or the egg kind of thing, but they you know some some really creative folks have have done drugs and you know we've lost them because of it yeah unfortunately yeah I mean, unfortunately we've lost them and um, you know and and we're on the brink of losing some more you know always every day yeah, yeah. Every day we're on the brink you know someone that that comes to mind um as a guitar player is uh john Frusciante. oh yeah oh that was the awful dude, the dude is in a like it's it's a genius like he's brilliant like i know I know that it was mentioned before that the Chili Peppers are a basic bitch band, but yeah, you know, <laughs> but his skill and his talent. No, I mean, are, he made the Chili Peppers. Yeah, really. his skill and talent are are among the best. I mean, his his guitar work on the uh, Delos of the Comatorium, the Mars Volta album, mm-hmm. or was it Francis the Mute? I'm I'm having a brain fart here, but he did uh, like a lot of the guitars on one of those Mars Volta albums. That was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A- and funny enough, like you think about it, like. He's so good that there's like a two-hour YouTube video dedicated to his guitar work on Stadium Arcadium. Which is not even the greatest album in the world, but it's super catchy. Yeah. You know, it's really uh, well-written. 
you know i just i kind of yeah. hate it at this point because i've had 30 years of chili peppers but <laughs> i mean you know he, he's a great guy and he was just in such bad shape mm-hmm. there's also youtube videos of him just thin mm-hmm. and fucking weird and like really about to die like you thought he was just gonna die in that video i'm not yeah, even, was, dude, i'm not he even looks really bad he looks really bad. I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to laugh at the thought, but the way you could describe it. I mean, you're right. Maybe I put some some flair on it, but it's pretty rough. And you know, I he he made it back. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. You know, so, he made it back, and you know, luckily, I mean, if somebody wants to do drugs or whatever, that's fine. You know, it's um from someone who's a fan of their work. It's a shame that we could lose them because of it. Yeah. So we would never be able to hear it again because, you know, they did, you know, they just did their drugs and caused them to die. Well, another thing is like, can, can they write without the, un, without being under the influence? It was kind of like the last discussion that we had about can Anthony green write without being influenced, uh, on drugs. And I mean, that was the whole theme of the last album. Uh, that we spoke with Pedro. Yeah. So, like, like eventually these people become somewhat dependent of it, and they believe that their their talent is lacking if they don't use any substance. So, you know, like, if they get off it, can they continue their work, or, or was it just because, you know? So that I feel is, uh, and and we pause just to kind of explore this topic a little more. But uh, I feel like that's the theme behind like Clockwork, uh, which is, as far as I know, Queens of Stone Age's latest album, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds wildly different, you know, from yeah. I mean, even that. even the 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 one that proceed, uh, proceeded this was uh, was it Aero Vulgaris? Yeah, yeah. So you know, in that interview that I said uh, with Mark Marin, Josh talks about you know, realizing that this is going to kill him because he was, he was going pretty hard and he ended up getting a a bacterial infection and he almost died from it. So. So probably heroin, right? Who knows? I mean, you know, he didn't, he didn't really go into specifics, but it was pretty much everything under the sun, Mm. you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of meth in there too. It's Mm. from the desert. Yeah. You know, and he's talking about staying up, you know, six, seven nights in a row. Just writing music, you know, and it that'll that'll really take its toll. Um, so I mean, he's still making music. He's still a musician. Mm-hmm. Frusciante's still a musician. Frusciante's still making music. You know, even Anthony Green's still you know musician, still making yeah. music. It, it you don't need it. Yeah. You know, but does their stuff sound different now? Yeah, it does. But it's not better or worse. It's just different. Yeah, it's a good explanation. You know. And 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 first it giveth is uh actually a really great song because he's still in it but also recognizing this mm-hmm. you know and and a lot of the song I love like I love the the harmony vocals and stuff like that where he he dubs over himself and just the the guitar part is just so so basic so raw but like something that anybody can kind of understand and embrace it's not super overly complicated uh you know virtuosity or anything it's it's the opposite it's almost like uh touching the human condition directly mm-hmm. you know or anybody listening to it will will just be like yeah i get this i know when to nod my head 
you know i know when i know when the drums are gonna come by um I really love the the syncopated snare though in the verse. Mm-hmm. Like that actually might be one of my favorite parts of the song. Cause like I feel cool. Oh god, we almost Sorry, died. Jesus. Everybody almost died. Sorry. Sorry. Um because that's like a, a, a cool different kind of feel to it, right? Because you could be nodding your head and then you, you you with your hand or whatever, you're doing the syncopated snare, you're like, I'm a badass. <laughs> you know. Um so I I really do enjoy that song both for its message, for its musical content, and for the context uh in it, you know. It's not it's not trivial to to be an artist and kind of work through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Any thoughts? No comment. So you hate this <laughs> album? No, no, no. It's not. Yeah, I don't hate it so it. far. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Um, Let's weigh in because we're we're close to the middle. You're almost halfway. I mean, so far, uh, right now, the album so far is enjoyable to me. Uh, um, I felt like I could definitely dig the f- first couple of, of uh, songs. Definitely, like I said, you know, the first half of, of the album is uh, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, and definitely like it's the catchy hooks and the and the guitar. Like definitely the guitar is like is definitely it feels really raw. And and not only the guitar, but everything else, it doesn't have that uh, mastered feel to it. But it's not quite like garage indie either. No, 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 no. It's, no. it's a weird middle, Yeah, I feel. Yeah. Kind of feels almost like DIY. I feel like it's very Foo Fighters-y in its production quality. Yeah. Where it's... Early, uh, early Foo Fighters? Maybe later Foo Fighters even. Uh, Dave Grohl described Wasting Light as just loud vocals, loud guitar, and a lot of drums. Yeah, like well, not with any kind badass of badass producer producing. Yeah, so. but I mean, like it's not like they didn't overthink it. Mm-hmm. Just like right. guitars and 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 vocals and drums are what makes a song, what people hear and what people relate right. to. Yeah, and um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some people have uh, have kind of lost focus on that in the sense that hey, you know, we need all of this other stuff. And really, if you just go back down to basics, you can produce something that's very very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that will. Hey, you know what? This sounds like it was recorded in two days in somebody's garage, but it kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, no, I'm I'm totally with it. And I mean, these guys were from the desert, and mm-hmm. there was, according to Josh, like a lot of music was happening in the desert because there wasn't fucking anything else, mm-hmm. you know. So there was a ton of kids that were musicians learning from other musicians. That's something that we don't have here. Um, I even uh, when I was in New Orleans, I was talking to some of the locals, and I'm like, how is it that all these kids are wonderful musicians, just amazing jazz musicians, and they're like 14? It's like, oh, because the old folks teach them. Yeah. You know, like, which I guess in uh, an area as, as kind of dispersed as, as South Florida, Miami, you don't really see that much. Yeah. Yeah, you don't even know who your neighbors are, man. I so. actually don't. <laughs> I, I, I wave to that one, and I'm not sure who lives here now. Kind of thing. Okay. You know. And we're literally, we're attached. Yeah, you share walls. Yeah. Maybe. So yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see the DIY feel to it, and I'm kind of into it. Um, yeah but i mean i think it's their own aesthetic because caius was also kind of like that too mm, um like i'm not sure how how the new albums are because i didn't take the time to to listen to it i just heard this one i mean they're they're different is the best way to put it mm. uh the production still sounds a lot alike uh you know it's not like they just turned into dream theater or anything right but uh it's uh different sonically uh maybe lower energy i guess less meth 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes I get described as like, you know, like kind of like sludge or stoner. Stoner rock. rock. Yeah. You know? Even though they, they're missing a lot of the, the important qualities of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Like, mm. Kind of like if, if you had to kind of box them in somewhere. Like, uh, hey, it'd be like, like, like sludge, stoner, alt. Yeah. Really is what I would call it. Because mm-hmm. I when you say sludge or stoner, I have a distinct like mold that like an archetype for that. Oh, yeah. They, don't, they don't quite meet it. Hmm. So I would say like sludge or stoner alt. Maybe stoner alt. Might stoner be alt. Yeah. I think more so. appropriate. Okay. So now we're, uh, we paused in uh, Song for the Dead. Yes. Which is probably one of my least favorite songs. Yeah. I'm not a big album. fan of this song. Not because it's awful. It's just like it's a break from something I don't want to break from. Yeah. Like, basically, that's what it is. Yeah. Like it just sounds like, hey, you know, uh, we're. We do switch it up. Yeah. We're at the show. We're playing. And let's play this song. Yeah. We're just going to mix it up. Producers like, you can't make a mix that's all rise. Yeah. You got to give them some, <laughs> some peaks and valleys, man. Okay. Okay. Get pumps mix or get, uh, what was it called? Uh, yeah, it was get pump mix or get, get something mix. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. what was it called? Oh, my God. Uh, awesome mix. Yeah. No, that's the one from... From Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, from Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm thinking about the ones from How I Met Your Mother. Mm. Oh, that one? Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking of, uh, it was one, some, I want to say Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie? Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie? The, inter- no, the, in- the internship, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, not the internship. That's uh, all the same movie, eventually. Or, or was it the internship? Yes, because the, the intern is the one with Robert De Niro. Yeah, the internship, okay. where they went to Google. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, ridiculous, top to bottom. But no, and How I Met Your Brother, uh, the character Barney, in one of the first season episodes i think has a mix and it like starts out with uh the fucking shot through the heart song it was a bon jovi yeah bon jovi yeah and he's like all rise like you know there's no peaks and valleys in the mix right. like there's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that brief yeah, discussion there. i remember that but yeah that show that show made me upset at the end oh it made everybody upset at the end i think the one redeeming quality was billy zapka that last season oh man something billy zapka had the end all be all lines in that one yeah um fucking i think it was barney that tells him like crane kick him or something and billy zapka's like that's not my move i can <laughs> maybe sweep the leg or get him a body bag yeah yeah that that, that show angers angers me yeah no you're you're not at, alone at, at the end yeah <laughs> you kind of like hey the the last season basically had a half hour representation for every hour that yeah was supposed to be the season but no it was actually the second bonus season, really, is what that was. Because it was supposed to end two seasons before that. And then they just threw a lot of money at it. And they're like, do you guys want to keep going? And they're like, well, this is a shit ton of money for everybody. Because it's not just the actors and the writers. And stuff, right. It's also mm-hmm. the entire crew. Yeah. Uh, so saying that you don't want all these people that you've been working with for years to have jobs. It's yeah, kind of rough. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a bad look. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot into it. But, I mean... I didn't enjoy it, but I'm not disagreeing with that decision either. I probably would have done the same thing. Unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you go through all of that, and then it's like, oh, yeah, this is what we all thought in the first episode eight years ago. Pretty much. It's like, F you guys. Like, you know, you're not Charles Dickens, and this isn't Great Expectations. So, screw you. Yeah, you're right. Give me the ending that I want. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. So. You're right. It is what it is, man. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, here, uh, spoiler alert, I guess. If, if you haven't seen it by now, please see it. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah, please yeah. see it. So, it's like, oh, yeah, here's the mother. Oh, yeah, she's dead. Dude. Oh, by the really? way. Like, it, dude. But that was real, though. Like, for real, because that shit happens all the time. Yeah, but 
that's not the ending that we want. Like, no, TV it's not the one that we want. TV right. has a certain formula. Yeah, you know? I don't and like if, that. Though. And if you build something up to follow that formula, and then you just go, eh, fuck it, I'm going to be artistic and do this. No. Sorry, just, dude. Not I, on that show. Not on that show. I'm sick of the formula. That show was a formula breaker, though. Something like that. It was. I mean, obviously, in terms of the the whole premise of, like, oh, it's a dad telling a story to his kids, and you never really see the mother until towards the end, which, you know, that's that's fine. You know, I, I thought that was a cool thing, because it's always like, hey, you know, are they going to show, like, what are they going to talk about the mother, or what are they going to, like, reveal about the mother for this season, or for this week, or whatever. Right. You know. But I was, I actually didn't care about the mother, uh, because I like the character so much. I like you know, So I was more concerned with when's the fourth or fifth slap going to show up. And things like <laughs> right, that. yeah. Like, I honestly, at that point, I didn't give a shit who the mother was or what it was because I kind of took it as, and I'm going to pause here before we get into this guy's song. Um, I took it as, like, um, you know, a, a dad trying to, like, kind of make his kids understand, like, who he was, you know, before he met their mother and before, right. like, you know, his life changed and all that thing, uh, which is kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, provide some context. Like, maybe the stuff that they knew about kind of didn't make sense to them unless all this was explained. Right. Um, you know, because they, they all continue to know these characters as they grew up. So it was like Uncle Barney, Aunt Robin, uh, Aunt Lily, Aunt Marshall, or Uncle Marshall, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was always interesting, like, seeing, you know, like, my older family members or whatever, like, understanding what they were like when they were my age. You know? That's always interesting. Um but yeah, that ending kind of sucked. Yeah. Not gonna lie. But I don't agree that they should have just caved and just done the formula. That's what we wanted. They should have given us what we wanted. Right. I mean, That's what we wanted, man. The customer's always right. Oh no, no in this the case, customer's just, never fucking right. Just give us this one. This is what we want. Listen, a lot of times the customer is completely wrong. I feel like this was one of those cases. Shh, they don't know that. I guess we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> really, the gold is like seasons one through four, one through five. Yeah. All I wanted was that last slap. That last slap was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go into Sky's Fallen, which is another song that I pass love the, on this pass album. Pass the beer, please. This is another song that I think might have syncopated snares, dub vocals, harmonies. I mm-hmm. think this is like my bread and butter with this band. Yeah. And I mean, if you have somebody like Dave Grohl as your drummer, you might as well take advantage. Hey, uh, Dave, you want to throw in uh, some syncopated... Because that's going to disappear sooner rather yeah. than later. So I want to make sure that you get some so I don't feel bad after drinking it all. Now, after that previous song, we're rolling into this one. It kind of feels like we're going back to what it was. Yeah, I mean, the Song for the Dead had a brief period at the end that is like, all right, this is cool again. Yeah. Um, Just to kind of get you back into the mood. I feel like it was. it should have almost said, like, interlude. Yeah, it might as well. But you know how how I feel about interludes. I do, I do. But um, sometimes you need that, man. Sometimes that's what makes an album an album. I don't think that in this case that's what it was. But I've heard plenty of albums where the the kind of the the flow and ebb of right energy and and things like that really change the dynamic of it. I mean, some some people sometimes don't know how to like, I guess navigate. No, it's it's difficult and. Just remember, even in 2001, I think was when this came out, mm-hmm. um, most albums were hot garbage and had a single on it, and that's what sold the album. 
Yeah. Because this was uh, the burgeoning era of Napster and things like that. Like late, 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 late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. This is, is when, when the, that became a thing. When the wild west of. Uh, yeah. When file sharing was legal, essentially. Yeah. Because nobody had considered that this would be a problem. And I mean, I don't necessarily think that it is. I just think that it drastically changed the landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but technically, it is theft. Regardless, like, there's no, you, you can't really justify it, but everybody still did it anyway. I was I was a child that didn't have money, so that's my excuse. It was the Wild West. Everybody yeah. was doing it at that time, so, yeah. you know, hey. Yeah. So that's what um, would crush networks at work. Well, that's kind of what crushed the, the model of, hey, I'm just going to have a hot single and a shit album. Because I don't know how many CDs I have, like, over there in that shelf or whatever that I like maybe two songs off of, you know? And I bought it because I'm like, this album's going to be amazing, and it was awful. Right, so they're they're already breaking the average by far with this album, mm-hmm. you know. But you also get some in there that are just like, man, whatever. Maybe the the record company wants seventeen tracks. So it was like kind of seventeen, yeah. If they want of, us to reach a number, we'll reach that number. Yeah, that's so it's kind of like to write an album just to write an album deal. Well, a lot of times it was exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the music business itself is really shitty, and a lot of the conditions that go with all the contracts are really awful mm-hmm. and compromise what I feel is the art. Right. So they might have said, like, oh, the sky's falling is too much, like, versus giveth. We need you to put a track in between those. Or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Because there's, like, an approval process there. Yeah. That doesn't always include the artists, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they try to work around those kind of things. But either way, when they go, hey, listen, this is what we want. Yeah. You know, we fronted you the money to make this album. You give us the album that we paid for. So. Basically. But uh, this is another one of my favorite songs. The hook is outrageous. What yeah. do you feel? What do you feel the 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 messages in this song? Because I kind of feel like there want they want there wants to be a message. It's kind of weird because a lot of their songs, kind of, their songs they don't have necessarily a meaning. Like you can uh, you can kind of uh, like they give you the pieces and you can kind of make the meaning as as you want. I feel right. like Six Shooter is definitely one of those. Yeah, but like, it also might be about drugs. Yeah, probably. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, like, for this one, the, the way I would put the pieces together really is kind of just taking a step back and realize that you're destroying yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also could be that you're really drunk, and when you close your eyes, you feel like you're falling. I don't know if you've had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely drank yeah. that much and more. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's easily, you know, it's easy to think, just looking through the lyrics. Just, hey, it's it's about, yeah, like, Drug abuse or yeah. alcohol abuse or whatever. So some I can of, see that some sort of abuse yeah. of substances. Yeah, yeah, and realizing like you know, hey, you close your eyes and yeah, like it's it's one of those uh, yeah, like like first giveth where he's inside and seeing what seeing it from the outside as well. Where, right. Hey, yeah, you know, you're you're, in you're, it, like you you can't tell. Yeah, that's yeah. why you're in it. Exactly. You know the curdle. Curdle Radio. I love this guy. Elastic ass. Chino Hills. Now, apparently this, like, whole thing was, like, like the in-between portions of the tracks was, like, a concept thing. Yeah, yeah. The whole, like, they're, travel they're between. Yeah, yeah. the desert. So, um, I never really, like, I saw that. I thought it was more like a storytelling versus it being a concept album in that sense. Because... For me, concept albums are are a little bit different, you know, because I think because of Thrice, the to me a concept album was very defined as in like 
for example, the alchemy index is about uh, fire, water, earth, and wind. And it was just focused on those themes for each disc. So we're going to pause here and explore that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, what I think is it's, uh, it's a concept in terms of, um, hey, we're, you know, you're driving from one place to another mm-hmm. and the radio is playing. And mm-hmm. this is stuff that would come up on the radio. So as if in, in any road trip through your travels, you pick up different kinds of radio stations. Right. And essentially, totally you'll see later on the, you know, you hit, um, it's before God is in the radio. You hear, you basically hit kind of like this Bible belt kind mm-hmm. of thing where, mm-hmm. hey, uh, it's, it's religious radio. It's, you know, fear of God and, and this and that. Um, so the, uh, the radio stations kind of tie it back to the concept. I mean, is it exactly a concept album? Like, oh, we're, we're basically writing a, an album based on Moby Dick? Mm-hmm. No. But, you know, kind of, hey, this is, this is the kind of tone we want to set. And I can see hearing something like the sky is falling as you're traveling down an empty road in the desert, nothing to your sides, just emptiness. And you just, just yourself, hear, really. Yeah, the open road, and you just hear that kind of sound. And like, you know, in terms of, you know, what the message is as a song, obviously it wouldn't fit in with, with what my vision is of when I hear that song. But yeah, I mean that that kind of that's that's kind of like hey, this is kind of music that you would probably hear driving down an open road in the middle of nowhere. Right. That's that's how I that's how I interpret it. No, for sure. I mean that is definitely a song about introspection, which you kind of end up doing if you're just driving. Right. So, would you think this is this album would be like like the concept of the album? Do you think it was something that Josh took? Based on past experience, like oh, he, yeah. he's mm-hmm. like sure. driving from point A to point B. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know, like I said, they, they he'd been in bands forever. Right. Since he was a child, essentially. And, you know, they do travel. They also would do generator parties out in the desert where somebody would bring a generator and a whole bunch of gas to power all the instruments. Mm-hmm. And then a whole bunch of drugs. You know, you had to drive out a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the, the part where the, the Spanish radio DJ comes on, that's a border blaster. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, a radio station from Mexico broadcasting it over the, the limit that the yeah, FCC right. sets, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that was also real cool. And it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, I dig the concept. It's not high concept. It's, you know, it's not a story about a dude that gets fucking, uh, exiled from his village. Right. And then the chick he likes gets burned at the stake. But and then he loses his goddamn mind. Yeah, mm. but I mean, That's it kills everybody. Too. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's it's definitely a concept in and of itself. It's a concept that you know you're driving point A to point B, but like maybe all the things that go through your head in that journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I've said it before, like the the music is relatively basic, but maybe the ideas behind it are not right. You know, basic like the like song structures. Yeah, like, you know, there's a hook, and right. it's super catchy, and whatever. You know, the, the guitars get more or less intricate as the song progresses, which right. is nice. It's not sameness. It's very accessible to... But it's not the most difficult guitar part ever. No, right, right. Know, it, it's like very that. accessible to, it's not to people. It's 714 times signature. 714, 719 times signature, you know? Yeah. Or anything like that. It's it's pretty much solid 4-4. Right. All the way through. You know, so things like that, um, which dif- differentiated from people like, uh, let's throwing out a band between the barrier to me, 
Right. Shit's impossible to play. Yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes I'm hearing it. I'm like, is that an instrument? Is that a human being? Like, what is that? The you electric know? kazoo. Sure. Fucking, there's no theremins in this bitch. Well, actually, there might be. Maybe. But there might be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But I mean, <laughs> probably somewhere in the back. Like, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, yeah. it's, it's nothing outrageous. Guitars, drums, and, and a dude. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Guitar, bass. Yeah. Drums, vocals. Yeah. Keys. So, I mean, somewhere. It's somewhere. Not some super, like, erudite fucking album or anything, but it is, is based on personal topics and things like that. So this song, I really didn't like for a long time, the six shooter. Mm-hmm. And then kind of recently I got into it. Why? I, I'm not a huge fan of that lyrical style. I like it in Millionaire mm-hmm. because Millionaire is fucking amazing. Yeah. And this one is less so. But in thinking more about it, you know, shoot, 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 shoot. Her- you shoot heroin, you shoot things, yeah. you know. Like it doesn't seem apparent because it says it's called six shooter right so you think you're talking about guns and right 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 probably not um but also throw it a bone and be like oh maybe it's a concept where you're going like through some hick town because it's got a little bit of a country kind of influence to it yeah well mm-hmm. in the lyrics if you look at it he does say shoot six times he does yeah but it's not a gun i know but still kind of it's a play on word yeah, it is well, play on, I guess, lyrics. Yeah. That was super short. It is. Yeah, it's just kind of a... But I love Hanging Tree. I love Hanging Tree. And then I think this is the first time he does the low vocals. Yeah, they had a... They had a um, there was a guest on this on this song. Um, is it Screaming Trees? Who? It's one of the guys from the Screaming Trees, I think. Uh, Wait, so this is... Screaming Trees was I Nearly Lost You? Yeah. Uh, Wait, so this is still Josh singing? I think it is. I don't know. I don't think so. Google search is hard because of the Hunger Games song. I have no idea what this song is about. Like even if I read the lyrics, it's 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 really weird. I can't grasp the idea of it. Yeah, I'm I'm like taking a taking a breath here to do a little bit of research. Like I kind of want to say it's yeah, a song by the Desert Sessions in 2001 on album volumes seven and eight, covered by Queens of the Stone Age in their 2002 album Songs for the Deaf. So. So if I'm not mistaken, they they had a guest appearance on this on this song here. I gotta always check. I the can't liner fucking notes find too. it for the life of me. Check the liner notes real quick. Oh, vo- vocals were ri- originally performed by Mario Lali. Uh, is that from Fatso Jetson, which is also a band that Josh Ami's in. Hmm. Hey man, so oh th- oh my th- god, I just no remembered. Shame. Hold on, hold on. There's no shame in flapping the. No, no, no listen. Yeah, I just to, I not... just pulled it out. So that's what she said. In uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so in the interview that I listened to with Josh Homme, there was a guy named Mario mm-hmm. who was like the patron of the arts, essentially in his community. So this was a dude who had his own house, had like a bunch of amps and stuff, and would just throw parties to have the local kids play music. And he was a guitarist himself. Okay. 
and uh he's in fatso jetson that's what what triggered the memory hmm. um and so this was like kind of like the the patron state of the arts in that neighborhood and it was just really cool to kind of you know see that relationship there because you know that's something that i never really had when i was a kid not for music at any rate um as i got older you know there was people like that for me in other other disciplines but i didn't mm-hmm. end up pursuing those because uh, just i'm a boosted animal but <laughs> um you know it's really cool that you know josh could come over and be like hey do you want to be on my album kind of thing right um but i think those were originally performed on the desert sessions by mario i believe that this might be josh because josh actually has a pretty decent vocal range um his speaking voice is maybe not what you would think um does he sound super low not super low no but just kind of different um or is he one of those like super high talking people no 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 it's just different is the best way to put it so the voice doesn't match once you hear them both you were like yeah, whatever. Okay. But also the ah! from shoot, 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 and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You don't see that coming. No, no, but that's the that's the bass player. Is it? That, yeah. It's oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, I thought that was him. Yeah, yeah no. Like you hear, you hear this kind of a uh, little bit more bluesy, a little bit more smooth voice. Okay. Like for instance, uh, you take song one and song two, you know, uh, millionaire, and no one knows, and the screaming, just demonic kind of like voice that's that's, that's the very yeah simply very and in song two no one knows that is josh. that's josh mm. yeah okay i thought it was just all josh and he is insane and amazing he's just a wizard because i mean there there are people like that oh yeah 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 no, absolutely but um okay in quick uh detour. I mean, he, he does have a bit of a of a higher range in the sense that we'll hear it in um We'll hear it in, in Do It Again, where he kind of... Yeah, he'll, he'll dub the high part on his own vocals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Quick detour, uh, the reason why I was saying, like, like, a completely super different voice is because, like, one, one day I was uh, at Kevin's place and we were watching, um, uh, I think it was The Voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show that people sing, it's like a blind audition. And yeah, you know, people, Okay, so there's this uh, chick that she goes in uh but like like you hear you see her story first and you 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 hear her talk and she's like hi my name is nicholas or whatever the case may be you know she's like talking super high she's almost sounds like Minnie mouse was this andy kaufman doing a character (laughs) no no (laughs) (laughs) no but like whatever she has like super high voice but when she sings she has like this slow operatic voice and it was like amazing i was i was like whoa and then like when the the people turned around they're like like they they saw her perform obviously continue singing the song but after she was done and she's talked in her normal voice they like all were like oh my god no this is this is your voice like your normal speaking voice and she was like yes i guess dude i don't know i'm not gonna make judgments on people i don't know i have never seen mm-hmm. but i just wonder how many times they filmed that reaction plenty of times so those shows, I, yeah, yeah my wife went to a a, a a live taping a taping of la voz right <laughs> oh. in universal studios oh god oh no way how did that go it took like nine hours and you serious yeah there yeah, was yeah, like no, breaks TV. and yeah, tv's yeah. a lie 
it's all a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, um, I'm going to LA now. Um, in December, and I was thinking, oh, you know what? I'll probably I'll try to catch a taping of a show, like, oh, like, great, like yeah. Conan O'Brien or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. Because Jimmy Kimmel was actually gonna be across the street from our hotel. Oh shit! Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it. But then I was, I started thinking, I was like, wait, like I know those shows come out at like at, in the evening. They tape like at four. Yeah, yeah, they'll tape in the day. That's not a problem. But you know, what about all the cuts and all the edits? It's like we're gonna be there forever, and we only yeah. got three days in LA before we move on. So. I, I like, think those are a little different um, because they have to do so many. They don't cut and do stuff like that. They also don't film extra. So I think for uh, more episodic things like The Voice or whatever, mm -hmm. they might do like two shows worth of taping in one, mm, in one, one day one day or whatever the case is just to kind of make that the most efficient as possible. Okay, that makes you know, sense. Like packet switching. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little different. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to go see one of those shows uh, because like those are just great. I mean, the the hosts are fucking hilarious and the guests are funny yeah i've heard that the stuff during the commercial breaks mm -hmm. is actually the best part yeah 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 because um they have people come out like the either the host will go and he'll actually do something for the crowd yeah um or they'll have people come out and, and or the band will play i mean yeah. some of these bands are really oh, good yeah like the roots amazing oh yeah oh i would love to see fucking, that but they're in new york i mean now i know i, mean, I like, wish they would have they would have brought that fucking, show over um, to la i would have like yep we're going there but i saw the roots live actually james corden has reggie right reggie Walt. yeah yeah that's reggie amazing Walt. yeah um i mean in the tonight well uh whatever Conan, the basic cable band now <laughs> jimmy vivino and the and the basic cable band instead yeah. of the max weinberg seven you're right you're right yeah so they're they're they rock pretty good they do um I wish they would release some of the stuff that, like, some of the performances that they had on Bro, that Conan. That yeah. would, A, be an easy way to get some money. Mm -hmm. And B, be awesome. Yeah. You know? I, I remember one thing that I thought was, like, so cool was um, Isaac Hayes was, oh was, a mem was, a, was, a, was a guest on Conan O'Brien on at Late Night or, yeah, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And his backing band, like, so Isaac Hayes brought some of his musicians and... The Max Weinberg 7 was also part of the band, too. So That's great. Yeah, so Max Weinberg was actually on the drums. That's amazing. And they played the theme from Shaft. Oh, my so, God. Nice. Yeah, so it's real cool. If you've ever seen it, you'll watch. Uh, you, can, you can look up some videos of it. You'll have the band start playing, and he'll kind of start leading the band, and then he'll just put up a number, and you just hear the band just play that many times. Bump, bump, two times. Yeah. And bump, bump, Bum, bum. that's fucking great yeah so they'll do that and then and yeah so he'll do that and that is actually it's, it's actually really fun it's a really fun performance to watch so i awesome. wish they would do that um they would you know bring some of that stuff out put it on youtube or sell it or whatever but um and then one of one of them that sticks out from when conan did the the tonight show was uh the john mayer trio it was like the first week oh no john mayer trio was fantastic yeah those guys so, are wonderful yeah yeah they played uh california dreaming Ooh, and see that. you know say what you want about john mayer about his personality and his public persona and all that well my my body is a wonderland i don't know about you yeah <laughs> i'm going home now good night everybody um but he just kind of he just rips it no, oh, he's he's, he's he, a super fucking solid musician. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have the both pleasure and displeasure of seeing him perform live okay. on tour, and he did a lot of the hits because you have to. Because mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what that's what kind of people are showing up for. Mm -hmm. But also, they would just go on huge, like ten minute long improvs. Yeah, and it was 
just breathtaking. He's a tremendous musician. He's a great guitarist. Um, you know, just kind of plays the right notes kind of guitarist, not the, you know, shredder fucking uh, turtle soup kind of guy, but, you know, just a, a, a wonderful musician mm-hmm. that can kind of do it on the spot. Yeah, so so he, him and his, his trio. It was uh, Pino Palladino and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Fuck my life. Yeah. Sorry, guy. Yeah, well, he's, they're all really good, so yeah. you know what, hey, it's not a band without you. Yeah, no, it is. So, um, but yeah, they, they played uh, California Dreamin' and this was like the first week that the show started. Oh my God. So he had like some LA children's choir as the backing vocals and just totally killed the solo. And you hear the influence of like all along the Watchtower, like Jimi Hendrix kind of oh, stuff playing. Oh, a huge Jimi Hendrix and a huge Steve Ray Vaughan fan. Yeah. And he, he plays some, some Clapton really well too. Yeah. yeah. But um, his guitar actually says SRV and he has a tattoo on his forearm. Mm. That's uh, essentially what Steve Ray Vaughan had on his guitar. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I don't know about that. No, like, that like you, you, based on what his like commercial music success is like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't imagine those things. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But that's kind of where I found the connection with him was that he really likes a lot of music in total, you know, and, and he, he plays differently based on whatever, like he did that country album that I can't fucking stand. Oh, I never heard but that. I don't I, like country. Yeah. Um, I, I never heard that. So, but not, sure, we'll, not sure whether or not to, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, maybe another day. Yeah. Right now we're on hanging tree. Yeah. So, so I looked it up. Mark Lanigan of screaming trees. Okay. He is lead vocals on this, uh, song for the dead hanging tree. And God is in the radio. So he is. So it's always to note that, um, like, obviously they can't always tour with these people. So it's not like they're going to be like, all right, we're going to bring so and so for the next song. Here he is. So well, I'm. Streaming Trees was the band that sang Nearly Lost You, which is the only sign I know them for. Mm. Which I like quite a bit. So I'm assuming that live, when they play it live, um, or at the time when they toured for the album, I'm I'm assuming that that Josh was the one that provided the vocals for most of those, of these tracks. I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that too. Yeah, because I know for like, I, I'm not like I know for rock bands like like for example the um, what's that band called? Uh, they to remember. They have like now a lot of songs that featured uh, artists. So when the vocalist uh, is about to finish his portion, he still continues singing because obviously, like if they're not touring with that band at the time that the artist was featured in, he that person's not gonna come out. I mean, unless if you know you happen to also be in the same state, like you know that or touring together. I mean, that yeah, mm-hmm. like that chick from Versa, and you know, if you're in the same state, sure, why not? You know, we'll come out and you know we'll do that song that we wrote together or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, this hanging tree jumps right into "Go with the Flow," which mm-hmm. is yeah. maybe one of the greatest singles ever written. Yeah, super gigantic, mega hit, mega hit. Yeah, uh, what I call the forearm destroyer. Um, because okay. playing it, you're just constantly fucking strumming. Yeah, it's just downstrokes. Yeah. Really? You think it's downstrokes? It is. No... I guarantee you it's yeah. downstroke. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And it's not too fast. You can do it. You just have to do it for uh, three minutes and seven seconds. Right, you just need to build endurance. Because it never fucking stops. You need to build the endurance for that. Yeah. So constantly... So I used to play strum. rock band a lot, and I got to the point where I could play the song, like, pretty much 99%. Right. On, like, expert or whatever the fuck. Um, but... I tried it again many years later, and I just died out by, like, halfway. My hand is just, like, stop. 
Squid. Nope. Basically. Became limp. <laughs> we got T-Rex arms. Um, T-Rex thing. I can't say enough good things about this song. Yeah, it's super catchy. And the video was... I, I hated it because I was a kid and that was the only thing on. Because I would see it at least like once a day. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I'm like, I fucking hate this song. But looking back on it as an adult, it's brilliant in every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it ties in with the concept of the album, you know, out in the desert. It's, you know, fast paced. And it's super innuendo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what the album, like, that's that was like their whole... You know what their symbol yeah. was. You know, like their their symbol for their album was. You know, it was a cue with you know the the line or whatever you call it for the for the cue. Yeah, was actually a sperm. So hey, yeah. So um, but yeah, I mean, in terms, yeah, it's it's a great song. It sounds super catchy. I kill the yeah. shit of rock band though, but yeah. by the end, I'm dying because the. The the hook it really takes it out of me. It's at the uh, higher upper end of my my register, kind of thing, <laughs> you know. But I fucking destroy this shit in rock band. Cool. And of course, I mean it's it's about a failing relationship. I mean it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. So you it's, know it's you know I can go with the flow. You know, don't say yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> And of course, you know, I want a new mistake, loses more than hesitate. Yeah. So obviously a person who's in a in a relationship that is not working and like well I would say because of drugs. Why not? <laughs> well, at this point, why not? It seems to be the common theme. Yes. Yeah, it's it's the commonality on, on most of the songs here. And But uh I I pretty much dig that thesis because the next song which we're going to jump into after Hector Benifacio, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, the typical Hispanic long ass. No, surnames. it's atypical. I know atypical, a lot of Hispanic yeah. people. Nobody has the name that long. Oh, shit. Yeah. It here. It's after this one, right? No, it should be after. Um, I thought it was. No, it, was it should be. After before, Go With The Floor, no, right? No, it should be. No, it should be after No One Knows. Because it goes. Uh, oh, so then I. Yeah, yeah, no. It. So it, it would go like, oh, we're going to listen to a couple songs from Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, see, si, vamos say, a escuchar los temas de Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> Primero se llama Versa Giveth. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. But I love that guy. Yeah. I guess we were talking over it, but going to leave you another great song that I love. It's super catchy. Just, you know, you know when exactly to bob your head. And then he has the dub vocals pretty much all through. Mm hmm. And I mean, his voice maybe isn't the most distinct, but you know it's like a Queens of Stone Age song when you hear that kind of. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it has its own distinction. Like you really can't tell it apart. Right. I, I guess what you're trying to get at is yeah, you can't tell it apart from another. But once you hear all the pieces together, yeah, you can tell. Oh, this is Queens of Stone. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I was getting. At. Thank you for that. Cool. Save. Hey man, there's no shame in drinking in front of the microphone. Uh, I already karate chopped the shit out of your microphone, so I'm, <laughs> I, I'm trying to lower my footprint. Okay, that's so, right, judo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. yeah. Back in the day, did some did a did a lot of judo. Um, one of the cool things is um, one of one of the cool lines is uh, you're out of my high chair, I'm out of your womb. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like, like like almost like a kid thing. Yeah, I don't have to take care of you anymore. You don't right. have to take care of me anymore. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. that. 
is maybe yeah. bordering on like a drug thing, but not necessarily. Well, actually. In the line before it, there's blood in my spoon. Yeah. Like if if it's not supposed to be directly, like I'm not sure what if there's a hidden meaning behind it. I I mean, but, but if it's if it uh, directly, it means this. So. Yeah. And then it pushed it in. Yeah. Yeah. Drugs. Drugs. Yeah. So is it a failing relationship or is it his relationship with drugs? drugs. Maybe it's Ooh. a failed relationship with his mother. I mean, I don't know. In terms of, you know, go with the flow and then it leads into this song. If it's, if they are related, it would be a relationship with a person. Um, and also going into the next song, do it again. It's like, hey, you've you're no longer with somebody, and it's just kind of that sounds like relapse. Mm. This is another fucking catchy ass song. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, this is a great. I I, yeah. I love the song ever since I heard it. Yep. Hmm? So it could be a person, could be drugs. Yeah, it could be a person, it could be drugs. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take either. Yeah, none. It doesn't matter. Just great music. Yeah, it's. I think it's more towards drugs because when you when you look at the lyrics, it's mostly it kind of curves into that. It kind of curves into that. Uh, into that direction. Hmm. Although he like like the common theme that we've been having so far uh, with the, the the albums that we've spoken about so far, with the exception of to be everywhere, to so be nowhere. Um. It's been about like personifying uh drugs as a person. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Weird baby fighter. Not into it. Weird baby Oh oh god. I still haven't watched that music video. Don't fucking watch it. It's okay. terrifying. I'll I'll still I'll stick to playing Overwatch then. Yeah. Um, but I mean if we just want to continue the thread, we can hopefully get somebody to say like, Oh, I wanna to listen to a perfect circle thirteen step and then just work <laughs> you know the, the trifecta essentially might as well um but yeah this song's great uh guitar wise it's like you know even more basic i guess than most because there's a rhythm to it where you get some pauses you get to kind of hang out be on stage so that might be a really good live song you know yeah i, I was trying to see if uh i could catch a video with like dave Grohl on the drums so oh but, shit like playing this would, yeah. would have been great but no it was um it was another one of their you know it was it was later on it was way past 2000 yeah i think dave Grohl uh was touring with them because they fired their drummer is what happened yeah that's how he got into the band and then he became an official member of the band and then once he did that um wrote the album and was on the initial initial tours because they started touring before really the album came out they were, they, were they touring this music, though? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. they were touring this music before the album came out. And once it came out, it just it exploded. Yeah, you know? no, because they had, uh, what, Rated R and Self-Titled before this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, which Rated R has some good songs, too. Rated R is almost like this album. Like, you kind of see the, the relationship there in mm-hmm. the music. They had, like, a feel-good hit of the summer. Yeah. Which is probably also about drugs. <laughs> Shit. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the meaning of the song, yeah, definitely drugs are definitely a person. Like, you know, just yeah. kind of like being uh, are in Are they lust, so different? Being in lust with a person. Yeah, yeah are, they, so. are they so different? Um, The line is probably blurred. And Tom Sherman here on the uh, 
on the radio is actually um, Twiggy Ramirez from Marilyn Manson. I didn't know that Twiggy Ramirez had a speaking voice. Yeah, well, he does, and that's I him. I thought it was just menacing and weird. Yeah, Jordy White, I think it is his name. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's him. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. That is funny. Oh, so Tw- Twiggy, uh, an original member of Marilyn Manson, do you know? I think or? so, yeah. yeah. So he's from down here, then? Probably. Because Marilyn Manson, they used to play Miami Fort Lauderdale all the time. Yeah. You really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. Uh, I think that they are considered from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never knew. Today I learned. Yeah, and they were actually like a normal rock band for a while. Before you got into the theatrics. Yeah, and uh, he actually shows up. Um, this fucking dude, whatever the fuck his name is, actually in real life, on an MTV interview and shit with uh, God, what the fuck was this DJ's name? VJ's name? Uh, Norton. Jeff Norton. The one with the short hair. They kind of talked like this a little bit. Who? What? what? Uh, MTV VJ. Uh, short hair. What the nasally voice? Yeah, a little bit. What did he mostly do? Just they're all talking to people. Uh, so they just interview people. Oh, um, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I mean, like for like MTV News kind of thing, like Kurt Loder and not and, Kurt Loder, obviously, no, but, but like I think, one I think, of the guys that was like out and around. And, I think that guy that you're talking about, um, he works for ESPN. No. Not him? No way, hold on. I'm looking at a list, I'll find his fucking name. So now we're into God is in the radio, right? Yeah. Yeah, super catchy. Just kind of a, a bit of a, a little bit of a country influence. Like, you know, slow blues rock kind of influence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can yeah. hear that that influence of uh, country. I think it's more of a southern southern uh, feel to it. Um, yeah, you could definitely hear it. John Norris. John Norris. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. He. He got sick. I think he had like HIV or something. Was it him? Bugs. Did he have that? Whoa. I, I don't know. No, I, I'm not. I don't want to be reckless here because I'm not yeah. sure who's actually gonna listen to this. But yeah, uh, be careful when you drop those kind of bombs. On yeah, yeah, no, that uh, he because he got he was ill. Uh, maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else. Yeah, I think you're confusing. Somebody yeah, else. I'm confused. Sorry, sorry about that, dude. I think he's just around. Yeah, sorry, sorry if uh, sorry John, John Norris. Or- yeah, John Norris or someone related or close to him. Sorry about that. Sorry, I didn't mean to be reckless. Yeah, I mean, at at this point, the album's winding down. Yeah, yeah. I'm not much into the whole country thing. I mean, but you could somewhat, like, you know, bob your head to this. It's solid 4-4. Like, if you can't get this music, you're not fit to live. Like, basically. This is for for everyone, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I have a feeling that this this would be like a a song you would hear in a a concert that the, the band really likes. But obviously it's not a hit and people are kind of may either love it or hate it, but the band may really enjoy to play. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Yeah. Cause I can see them playing this in every show. 
Yeah, and it's kind of chill, super easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like the middle of the set somewhere. You know, yeah. Yeah. So like one of those songs that no one likes, but it's the artist that plays it because they like it. Mm-hmm. This fucking middle section is wonderful. You know, the solo comes on. It's a nice like blues breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind yeah, of overdrive. Yeah, yeah, it's got that. It's got yeah. that like slow blues rock. Yeah, a little bit of country in there too. It's fucking just a, I don't know, Fender Twin Reverb and a Marshall blues breaker pedal kind of thing. Yeah, oh. definitely. I, I would like the whole riff here that's going on is pretty amazing. Like that whole little mini solo that they threw in there. Definitely nice. That nice blues riff that they got going. Alright, so we're going into uh, what song now? Uh, we're not song. going anywhere yet, homie. Yeah. Oh, it's still going? It's yeah, just slowing down? Yeah. Yeah, we got like uh, three more minutes or so. Jeez. Two and a half. Pregnant pause. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there really like three minutes left? Yeah, like two. Ish? Yeah. I'll skip through it, but it's it goes away and it comes back. Yeah, it comes oh, back around. Yeah. Some it, it builds up action. slowly. Got some of the doors going on. Yeah. A little bit of this is the end. They're, okay. they're in the desert. This is the end is the perfect desert song. I want you to know this. Yeah. It. This is the end. You're You're driving down the desert. It's dusk. So you have your headlights on, but you can still kind of see. Mm. And you're going just about as fast as you feel maybe a little bit faster than you feel comfortable with mm-hmm. in like a 1973 Trans Am you know one that still had an actual motor mm-hmm. T-tops off windows down oh beautiful the one with the actual like firebird on it yeah yeah the nice fire you know that's that's this is the end and then they, they kind of they, they draw from that you know they're like we're gonna give you a little this is the end not too much because we're not biters or anything you know but we know where we're coming from you know This is this is the end if it were written by desert kids. Basically. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think everybody from the doors was just from like LA. If I recall correctly, I I may be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're an LA band. I kinda I kinda like the whole thing that they that they uh use dynamics to fade away and then all of a sudden they just come back. Like, I feel like you don't get that often with music nowadays. No, man. Kids just want loud bullshit. Kids I don't know. Don't. Do they? Because, I mean, like, music doesn't, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound as good, I think. Maybe I'm getting old. No, it doesn't. Uh, but we're in another love song now. Yeah, another uh, love song. Which is fine. It's not my favorite. A song for the death? Yeah, that's coming up. But it's right happy. now we're in another love song. And, uh. That's called another love song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was looking at lyrics at a different song then. Yeah. To be honest, this is like my least favorite song of the album. It's, it's a low point for me, but mm-hmm. I mean not the lowest, maybe. But it's not my favorite. It it's it's fine. It it's fits. got a hook. It's got some energy, but not as hooky or as energetic as other songs. Mm-hmm. So. It feels really basic to me. It's no, it's like comparing a good baseball player in high school to a major leaguer, basically. Because hmm. I mean, this album is pretty major league in my book. It's still basic to me. I know. I agree with you. 
the song the the album is is basic i mean but that's the beauty of it right right sometimes you don't need to be complicated to be perfect no i that i understand but i think right now i'm just being like barney and i just want all highs i i i get that feeling sometimes sometimes i don't want to listen to this album because i don't want to deal with these these songs yeah you know but like you know in critical listening it's a little different you know when i'm just hanging out or whatever i'm actually impossible i'm just like i don't want to hear anything at this point right or i want to hear the same thing over and over and over yeah it happens to me too (laughs) so I'll, i'll listen to an album so much that i just hate it for like a year and then i love it again that happens. I've never gone through that, and I hope I never have to. I can I can really play something out. Like, I have that particular set of skill. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played an album out that I hated it. I mean, eventually, I just kind of stopped playing it. Yeah. Put it on but the back I, burner. Yeah, just kind of like, hey, oh, I've listened to this album 87 times. I'm just going to, you know, let me pick up something else. I do that but a lot. Like, I oh, I'll play it, and then I'll be like, you know what? This album is really getting on my nerves. I'm gonna stop. I, I don't think I've gotten to that point. So. Yeah, I think uh, drum fills. This song has the best ones. Yeah, I mean, but like it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, like not even Dave Grohl could, uh, could save. save yeah, now you can Dave Grohl. I mean, maybe it wasn't meant to be saved. Maybe it was just like uh, I mean, it's just a, like a, a buffer track. Yeah, it's a basic rock song. I mean, yeah. it's it's about somebody who's having like getting divorced or whatever, you know, or drugs. Well, <laughs> 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 For drugs, yes. Well, buffer songs, no. That that's a big no-no. This shouldn't exist. I'm sorry. Yeah, it happens, man. The womb. The womb, yeah. Grand I think Theft Auto Five, by the way, is exactly this radio. Which one? Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh yeah. The radio yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five is legitimately yeah. LA radio. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's yeah. terrifying. No, they did a really good job with that. Is it because, like, it's based in L.A.? No, but, like, they... There are things in L.A. that I recognized from Grand Theft Auto V, not Mm. the other way around. Oh, okay. You know? Like, the the Rockstar guys do a really good job of kind of distilling the essence of something. Mm -hmm. Like, Vice City was a really good example of that. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they come back to... uh... They just posted some a red screen with a Rockstar logo, so I think they're going to do another Red Dead. Oh, nice. Oh, finally. Or maybe PC? Like a PC no. release of it? I, would, it. No. I just I just actually bought it for Xbox and I played a few hours, but I'm not. Oh no, I, I beat it. I bought it. I had it for 360 and for um for PS3. And like two years ago, I had a bunch of time off from work, and I was like, you know what? I'm going through some of my backlog, and I'm going to play through these games because I bought it and I never finished it. And I've done that with a bunch of games, so. I was like, screw it. I pull, I pulled uh, Red Dead off the shelf. I took a little while to get back, get used to the controls again, and I'm like, I'm playing through the story. Yeah. So it's, we're in, we're in Song for the Dead, and yeah. it's Song for Death, Song for the Death, Song for the Death. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can get confusing because uh, yeah, earlier in the in the album is uh, a Song for the Dead. Yeah, which I would imagine the Deaf are the addicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. this is also not one of my favorite songs on the album. Not one of your favorite? No, uh. not not by a long shot. The drums. I can really dig the bass here. I oh like, yeah, I, like the yeah. I mean, here. it's not terrible. I just I'm not that into it. So yeah, definitely not one of my other. I think I think at the end it kind of like 
like your Mark was saying, it kind of it dwindles down. Mm-hmm. And it kind of loses it for me. It kind of loses its way. Maybe this is the crash, right? Because you know you're up for five, six days. Oh, you think you think it's a metaphor for being up so it's long and possible. the whole no, like conscious or unconsciously, you know? right? Because sometimes in in art you don't see something until somebody points it out to you. So you know, there's the whole auteur theory, mm-hmm. where once you make something, whatever themes or patterns or whatever anybody else finds like that's what's there so you could you know make a picture or a painting about like baby ducklings and it's just racist mm-hmm. and then you're a white supremacist because somebody else saw something yeah they see they see it one way and... yeah so yeah. it's kind of rough and i don't i don't know that i fully agree with that because you know as an artist i would like to have kind of veto power on like what other people see but that's not really how that works no. in yeah. the world yeah, that's true. You know? And you create it, and then... And then it's out, and it's yeah, no it's longer out. yours at that point, really. Right. You know, and, and sometimes people try to find meaning where there may right. not necessarily be. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I, this song was written... Or, because, or maybe whatever, some Freudian or, shit that you or, don't even yeah, understand or acknowledge. Yeah, you go... You know, I remember hearing, you know, way back when, like, oh, yeah, I was going to this album and looking through all the lyrics and, and trying to find meaning in all of them. It's like... You know, maybe you're kind of, you're, you're, you're missing the, you know, maybe you're missing a lot of it. You know? Yeah. You know, the same like, like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're too focused on one thing where maybe you shouldn't really necessarily be focusing. Yeah. I mean, this could also just be the end of the drive. Everybody's just kind yeah, of tired of this Yeah, shit. I think so. I mean, because you know? if, if we're, we're trying to tie it back to the concept. Maybe addiction yeah, is just yeah. driving through the desert. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like the great artists don't necessarily know themselves in the moment either. But yeah, I mean, if in terms of drug use, yeah, I mean, you know, lie beside the ditch, solo around my neck, strung out every stitch. That, I mean. Yeah, like you're, yeah, this is after the crash. Yeah, you know. I can see that. Quick question. Are we going to do the uh, the bonus track for the American release, or are we going to do just... So, I believe this one does have a bonus track. Yeah. But it's still part of uh, Mosquito Song. Oh, okay. It's like one so of those So, Mosquito Song tracks. is like eight minutes long, and there's just a period of silence. Do you not have Mosquito Song on that CD? No, yeah, I do. It's Hidden Track Mosquito Song. But I don't know. Yeah, it's sure. Hidden Track Mosquito Song? Okay, so even yeah. the Hidden Track has the Hidden Track. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I have it as a different track here, but in that track there is a hidden track. Oh, there's a hidden track. Okay. Yes. Oh, so. Look at that. Which the first hidden track I ever actually came across was the one on Dookie. Mm-hmm. That's about masturbating. No, that one is um. Uh, by my life was my. Uh, this is all by, yeah. all by myself. I was thinking of you. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. I was. I mean, there's one more that's more like in your face. Really? Yeah. Uh, Longview. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one's like more. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly. Like, no, but the hidden track was. I bought jerking off too. Yeah, the, I mean, at that age, everything is about jerking off. Let's be real. I mean, they were like seventeen, eighteen when they were that album. Yeah. So like, what else are you gonna do with it then? And that's actually one of the great albums ever. In my book. Dookie? Yeah. Okay. All right, so we have some time of silence, so I'm going to skip over to... So this is, the, this is Mosquito Song, right? Mosquito Song, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not a fan of Mosquito Song. Me neither. I don't like it. No. It's very country inspired though. Yeah, it's very yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's one of those like guitars that have like the steel center. In no, it. it's like, not a resonator, I don't think. Or it may just be the picking style that they're using. I think it's just a Or maybe it's like a twelve string that they're using. It's really twangy. It is. But it might be maybe something like a hollow body telecaster or something for all we know. I don't think it's quite a resonator. Mm, it can't be a hollow body telecaster. Because I think a hollow body has a, it has a particular feeling, but it's not very twangy. All right. So you know what? I'll, I'll, I will entertain the possibility of a resonator. But this sounds too normal, this part it, right here. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, kind of. Maybe it's the twangiest recording of an acoustic ever. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I. But then again, didn't didn't Metallica use like that twangy sound for like one of their albums that like nobody liked at all? But I think it was like the Black Album or something like that. I, I wouldn't say every- that nobody liked the Black yeah, Album. Yeah, I think everybody liked the Black Album. Oh, I'm not the black album is like the basic bitch metal okay. album that everybody likes. But which one was the one that, that everyone was like, oh no, Metallica sold out. Load? Load, reload? Load and reload, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess. And it would be from there. I don't know. I hate those albums. I don't know. I'd have to revisit that. It has that whole like harmonic thing going on as well. I think it has it wants to achieve um, something else besides uh, just twang a guitar. I think it's like I wouldn't say it has like an Irish influence to it, but it kind of has country music is Irish folk music. I mean, is, really? Yeah, yeah, that's where all that comes from. Rock and roll, all that. Because like it has kind of like I want to say it has an accordion. Is this fucking Mumford and Sons. No, don't go there, please. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like if there's like kind of like an accordion or organ in there somewhere. Yeah, there's an organ in there. Oh my god, please. But yeah, now there's like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. This is like Wild West saloon piano. But yeah, like country music is essentially like Irish folk music. So all those themes are kind of in common. And it's like this weird like movie score yeah. like in March. It's really weird to me. I don't get it. It's the end. Why not? It seems very pirate-like. At this point, kind of feels like if this song would be heard on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Eh, yeah, but a little, a little too dissonant. Hmm. Yeah, it's like strangely dissonant. This is a fucking selfie brigade over here. Yeah, might as well. Okay. I don't, I don't know that you're gonna make this work quite right. Yeah. No, I don't think it's gonna work. You gotta get the, you have the stick, the selfie stick. No, I will never do that. <laughs> I know I have a tripod mount for a phone uh, oh god please uh, no it's not gonna work no nah, yeah i think it's where i'm sitting whatever regardless of this like pirate section the song is still no no i mean it's it's a song it's a song but not the best song it's a song i feel like there's like a lot of salty listeners right now if they're like listening into this see mark has that perfect view like yeah, he has like the long selfie, arms bro. man that's how you do a fucking selfie. Because you have the arms for it, dude. Oh, uh, and it's blurry as shit. Let's see if this one came out somewhat sharp. Yeah, that one's alright. I'll take it for a dollar. Look at my sweet X-Men poster in the, the picture. 
So uh, I've got listed for Mosquito Song 537, 5 minutes 37. So. Oh, 538, I'm sorry. Okay. No, like, I don't actually have my glasses on. Oh, okay. And my eyesight is getting to the point where things at this distance, and I also use a relatively high DPI setting, mm. that Pedro was like, bro, how do you read that? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I read it just fine. But I'm also sitting a little further back to the microphone. Right. Um, It looked like it could have been a 5 or an 8. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like... Okay, so that's the album. That's the album. So, in summary, the way I see it is uh, it's really good. If you've never heard it, do yourself a favor and hear it. If you haven't heard it in a while, hear it again. Yeah, no, the, actually, I, I like mainlined this album, if you can dig that. Mainlined? Yeah, it's a drug reference. Uh-oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we're, coming, um, we're going for a common theme here. Yeah. Drugs. All the time. Drugs. Just drugs. Crafting of the drugs. <laughs> Show up on an episode of Narcos. <laughs> this episode should be titled Crafting the Drugs. Uh, we could do that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I really like listened to this album quite a bit, or maybe played this album quite a bit more than listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't in a while. Uh, I do have uh, one of the guys that I work with now also is a huge Queens of Stone Age fan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is great. So I started listening to it a little more recently. And, you know, Jose suggested it. And I was like, yes, I love that album. And I listened to it again a little more thoroughly. And I'm like, yep, great album. Yeah. I could definitely tell, like, you are you were definitely into it. Because com- compared to um, uh, Circus Survive's uh, recent album, uh, The Census, you were you're quiet about it. And uh, you gave your inputs to it when, when it mattered. And here you're like, you know... Throwing one, two punches everywhere, you know. Baby fighter, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that that's uh, really interesting. So, um, you recommend it, Mark? Oh, I love it. Mm. I love this album. This is my favorite album of theirs to date. Mm. Um, and then I kind of vary as you get away from it in either direction. Where I'm like, uh, I like that one less. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also like going back and listening to Caius occasionally. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really um, basic, close to stoner rock, more the art, the stoner rock archetype, and right. it's it's pretty great. Um, especially if you're not trying to complicate your life, maybe simplify it a little bit. Right, definitely. Jose, talk to me. What I mean, it's a, it's a good album, man. I mean, I, when when I got asked to to do this, I was thinking of a couple of different albums. Uh, and this was just one that kind of popped up and I was like, Hey, you know what? I, I think we could probably do, do something with this. No, so, of course. So, of course. you know, I, I picked it up again after a long time of not listening to it. And yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it was really enjoyable to listen to it again. And you, when you listen to it, you sometimes forget, wow, you know, this, this rocked pretty hard. Like there was moments where it, it, it rocked pretty hard. Yeah. Definitely. So, it was enjoyable to listen to it on the way to work or, you know, at the gym or whatever. And, and yeah, I just, I just really enjoyed it overall and, and was able, and, you know, I was like, well, this is something that I think we could, we could discuss. And some people actually even kind of would, would term it, you know, Hey, I mean, it, it did come out, you know, 15 years ago, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's, it might be hitting classic status. Oh, it so, should. Yeah. It, it fucking should. Yeah. You know, I don't, like it didn't even matter to me that this came out 15 years ago. Like I said, I'm not able to date this album based on its sound because mm-hmm. for me that era sounded differently. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is, I think, I having mean, a lot of classic influence, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 
it um and yeah and, and and in that era you had the you know new metal was big the yeah. rap rock was big yeah for sure um you know your was that why you you couldn't date it around that time because um, of like the new no i just rock think of like and... like orlando rock mm. for me when i talk about 2001 american music i think of orlando rock 2001 mm. is also the holy grail for me for like uh swedish melodic death metal and things like like 2001 is a, a very uh loaded era because mm-hmm. that's when i really started downloading music from the internet mm-hmm. uh, where i got exposed to all the stuff that I didn't have anybody to tell me about. Like, I didn't know that person that knew all the weird, cool music kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you ended up getting a tape from somebody. You know, that yeah. that uh, was tapes weren't a thing anymore. Well, yeah, but CDs. They, were, they were mixed CDs. You know, yeah, but, but like, I mean, burning CDs was pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, and and I just, the, the people I was hanging out with, like, I had just started hanging around with people that listen to metal at the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was all new to me, but it was more like Slayer never more like more american band mm-hmm. then i got into like the the swedish uh melodic death metal and i'm like this is this is for me and then they all came on ozfest and all that changed so basically 2001 and 2003 is a different sound for me than this this seems almost uh timeless in my opinion because it's 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 actually very straight it's very 4-4 um you know there's there's not a lot of complexity or anything to it uh it could be an alt rock album now right you know, there could be some kids in skinny jeans releasing this album right now, and I, I wouldn't be able to tell. I'll be like, "Oh, that maybe that's just like a throwback to classic rock, kind of thing." But like as a as a guitarist for twenty years, like, what do you think of this album? Um, no, I mean, if if I were to to try to to describe, you know, what what should rock music be? Hey, you know what? This is a very good example. You know, I mean, it's not, you know, your nirvanas or your metallicas or but hey you know what like this is something that just about anybody can do you know yeah i mean they had an amazing drummer and production staff and and guests appear on the album but musically i mean this is this is rock music this is you want to learn rock guitar you can learn a lot from this album you know there's fast parts there's slow parts there's parts that have finger style there's parts that have slide so you can, if you're trying to play the guitar, play rock guitar, this album could be a good base for you to start or continue or expand your horizons. And then, you know, if you need to expand further or want to expand further, you can do it. But yeah, you is, might not even have to. Yeah, you might not even have to. Exactly. So. That's really cool. Yeah. That's great. I, I, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that. But Lewis, come on. Okay, so I feel like if this album was introduced to me back when it was released, I would have totally digged it. Because at that time, yeah, I probably would have enjoyed it. Like that whole raw feel to it. Um, but now, I feel like I like I became kind of a bit of a music snob. I try not to be. I try to be open as much as I can. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fucking total music snob too. That's kind of why we're doing this, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, and like I said, uh, a lot of the early tracks from the album are what called my attention, you know, the hooks and stuff like that. But then like at that middle juncture of the album, it kind of got weird for me. I I didn't dig it, like the whole slow parts to it. But then it did after like a couple of tracks afterwards, it did pick up like the last couple of songs um what was it mosquito bite 
Mosquito song. Uh, aside, you know, the, the last couple of songs were were pretty good, you know, in my opinion. Um, definitely, it it is a raw tone to it. Um, I I I like that that feel to it. Um, the drums are different from what I hear, definitely, but it's 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 a Dave Grohl signature to it as well. It's just how the for to me it's it's how the drums were produced that sound different. Okay. Um and uh like I also like the the bass tone that they had going to it cuz it had yeah. that crunchy like dun 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 you know that right, definitely right. it, it was a nice tone to it you know and it's, and that tone is present in a lot of the the music that I listen to nowadays so I definitely dig that. Um now would I buy it? Unfortunately, I would have to say no. Okay, no, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have Spotify. I would listen to it. You know, as crappy as the royalties go from Spotify is probably that's really awful. I I would still listen to it because at least you know they would get some something out of it. Almost they wouldn't. Better, I mean, that's how better than pirating. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I and I don't know what if they did anything special in regards to like vinyl record, like if they did anything. I want to say that it's yeah. Out. There's a vinyl release of it. I there, there is. But almost want to say that I bought it, but I'm not sure. I actually, have to take inventory. Like I want, like no, but I'm saying, like, is there like a special feature, like you know how mm. thrice and I don't think that Interscope was huge on special features and things like uh, that. Well, most likely you won't get that whole hidden track then if they did did it on vinyl. Uh, uh you you might be right. Based I mean, on the length of the album, you might be right. Yeah, I mean, maybe it would be there, just it wouldn't be listed as a as a track. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean... Why did they list the hidden track on the back of that CD? Is it at that point not hidden? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was... Uh, well, knowing that there was a, a negative track... That was know, cool. Yeah, maybe they were kind of like, oh, hey, it's a hidden track, but you can... Probably you could you should be able to skip to it on the CD. Depending on your CD player, if you had it on repeat all, mm. it might hit the negative track when it comes back around. Mm. Maybe because that that was the the key to getting the negative tracks was mm. to let it play from the track before, mm. as opposed to seeking to the track because yeah. it would seek to zero zero on on the track. Right, mm. but uh, but what in terms of hidden track, we're talking about mosquito song, right? Yeah, yeah, because it says mosquito song parentheses hidden, hidden track. track. Yeah, mm. which is stupid. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was really a hidden track. Otherwise, um, I don't know. Like, uh, me nowadays, you know. I think. I think it's something that is general to everybody who listens to to music. Aside, well, music in general it doesn't matter how, if it's like pop music or or like a thinking man's metal kind of music. You know, we end up liking different types of things like we like our tastes evolve and at this point in my life uh i would probably be that scumbag that would only listen to the singles i mean i get it but this album definitely skews towards pop yeah it's uh, it definitely you know, with the hooks and stuff yeah like yeah, that, yeah. So mm-hmm. i think it's it's pretty approachable mm-hmm. um for the most part now at the end of it you're not gonna be like oh this is weird and i didn't understand it no it's definitely understandable if you're not into it, you're not into it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. What about the beer? 
guys what do you think of that oh it's really good the beer is pretty good the beer is really good actually yeah yeah so once again this is uh marshall zukov's imperial stout cigar city 2016 mm-hmm. uh this is the base that they use for pretty much all of their special imperial stouts okay uh, so even hunapu is you know begun as a marshall zukov mm. more or less by, based on the recipe Nice. So it's an annual taste. Uh, yeah, it comes out in the fall. Uh huh. I believe only. Uh huh. And then the rest of it they use for their special stuff. Mm, okay. But they do uh variants. So I think the best one I've had is the Sherry Barrel Aged. Okay. Zukov. Um, and it might be one of my favorite beers ever. Cool. Potentially. Uh, I just I don't have I can't get enough of it like no one gets enough of it to really like compare it mm. right whereas you know this one I came across a few bottles this year mm, nice yeah so so is it available it's it's available in one incarnation or another year round oh uh, no, no no definitely not um really the only one that sees wide distribution is is just the basic one okay and then uh, any kind of the variants you might have to catch at the brewery or at a special events kind of thing okay so the 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 base is uh Typically, it's uh, readily available? Uh, no, no, no. It's actually a, a fairly limited release now that they're also distributing uh, out west a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cigar City was bought by an investment group that also owns Oscar Blues okay. and a couple other people. So they're quote-unquote sellouts in the strictest sense of the term. But what, 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 and the end result is that they have facilities now in on the West Coast. Of the U.S.? Yes. Okay. So they can uh, brew and distribute there with a good grasp on the quality. Um, because even before, like, just trading Highlight, which if somebody in South Florida goes to a Total Wine right now, it is lousy with Highlight probably. Yeah. Like, there's just cases of it. On the West Coast, they don't exist. And they trade for Pliny the Elder. They trade for almost anything you want. Okay. Right? Because of the scarcity. So their their aim is to grow their business by just distributing more, not necessarily changing how they make beer. I really hope that that's the case. I, I hope so too. Um, and I mean, I have pretty, I'm pretty confident that that'll be the case because Oscar Blues still makes wonderful beer. Okay. Even though they're everywhere now. Yeah. Like they're they're literally everywhere. You you'll find Dale's Pale Ale at fucking any sports bar, pretty much. So I'm 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 hoping it goes well, but so far I've only seen good things. Um, you know uh but this is one of my favorite imperial stouts uh it's really thick which is one of my yardsticks right right so if you uh give me a stouter or a porter and it doesn't have that mouthfeel that's almost like uh i i don't i don't know how to explain it well um but i've heard people compare marshall zukov to soy sauce Oh boy. Uh, because as it gets warmer, it's so thick and it's kind of salty. And I'm like, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I, could, I could taste the saltiness. Yeah, you know. I could taste it. But, mm, I mean, I would maybe. think soy, soy sauce would have a, a thinner consensus, at least from what. Soy sauce in sauce terms is kind of thick sometimes, or maybe I think of eel sauce. Maybe. Um, soy sauce isn't really that, that thick in consistency. consistency. Um, uh, when it comes to other like condiments, uh, for like uh the Asian cuisine, yeah. uh, it's relatively, in my opinion, um, uh, li- liquidy. It's not the term that I want to use. Watery, thin? thin, thin. Yes, yes, thin. It's it's rather thin. They do have other other stuff that is a lot thicker. 
Um, but it, it definitely runs. Uh, there is leftover residue when if you let's say if you move the little dipping container if you if you tilt it to one side you'll see like part of it that kind of sticks to to the wall of the container. Sure. So, yeah. um, yeah, this beer actually does that, but it's a it it, it feels a little bit thicker because if you look at your cup and you try to to move it, there is that that residue that stays on the wall. So soy sauce does that, but not to the amount of uh, this beer does. Yeah, but anyway, like I was saying, that that kind of thickness is my staple. I need that in a stout, imperial mm-hmm. stout, or or porter. So, I hate watery. So would you like, say it's more porter. like syrupy? No, because syrupy is gross. It, syrup is more thick, though. Yeah, I know. But like, it's more towards that direction, right? Yeah, it's, it's thicker. Yeah. But uh, this is definitely one of my my favorite imperial stouts. Um, I was happy that I got, you know, a decent amount of it this year. Cool. Uh, happy to share it with you guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank you very it. much. It was, uh, it was something that was limited to just a, you know, a little uh, a short release per year. Yeah, I think like it was 2013 that I got one bottle, and that was because I went all the way to South Beach to this one bar that had it, and that was the only place. And I was just like, "Do you guys have this?" And they're like, "Yes." And I'm like, "I'm taking this to go." <laughs> uh unfortunately that bar closed because that was maybe one of the coolest bars ever which one uh, uh, it was called the braxis the braxis yeah it was on um, fourth so you'd come down alton and actually make a right uh you would come from the 195 or yeah. 395 and, yeah and instead of making a left to go to the normal beach area, you'd make a right oh you stay you stay straight and then you make a right not washington but maybe meridian okay and oh. it was it was just a big house that was converted into a bar Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, and it was wonderful. There was no parking, so on a busy night, I don't imagine that it was pleasurable to to be there. Yeah, um, but I went on like a Tuesday. That's one of the nice things about Uber now. Yeah, I don't. You don't have to worry about that crap. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, drop me off and then pick me up. Basically. So any any uh, any releases or any any new beers or any new festivals or, or um, events you're gonna go to? Are you thinking about so going to? I'm actually, I have tickets to go to Save the Whales at Box Elder. Okay. Which is November 13th, I think. Save the Whales? Yeah. As opposed to Nuke the Whales? No, uh, so you drink the whales or whatever. Oh. Because whales, like a white whale, so ah. uh, fucking Macedon Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, White whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught that one earlier. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> But yeah, so any beer that you've been seeking, uh, uh, like urgently, okay. that's hard to get, it's called the white whale or whales uh, with okay. a Z. Right. Hashtag whales. Mm. Um, okay. So yeah. save the whales is just a like a beer dinner kind of thing with just fucking whale after whale. Cool. Um, and Box Elder's just a wonderful bar uh, over in Winwood. Winwood, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with like the super the nicest people, and it's just a really uh, cool place. It's also a bottle shop, uh, but their prices are almost bar prices, so it's not the most affordable. But you'll find things there that you won't find anywhere else. So sometimes so you, think, you just got to take that bullet. Okay. So you think I'd be able to find that uh, coffee maple bacon porter out there? Mm-hmm. Which coffee maple bacon porter? The uh, Funky Buddha. Um, tell you what, next episode, I'll see if I have enough and we'll do that. Sounds like a plan. Not next episode coming up, but next episode that you're on. All right, cool, cool. Yeah. I got, yeah, I got some, some thoughts for my next album. So, or yeah, the next yeah. album that I want to, that yeah. I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, Nuke the Whales, a Simpsons reference. So yeah, and yeah. Nelson's room, you yep. know, poster, Nuke the Whales. So yeah, save the whales. I'm like, oh, as opposed to Nuke the Whales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, right. that's definitely a, a Simpsons reference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Simpsons did it. 
Simpsons did it. They fucking did everything. God, that show's been on for so long. Yeah. Going on. 30 years. 30 almost. years, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say I haven't seen it in like the past 15. Oh, no, yeah, but I mean, there's there's a sweet spot of like the first 10 seasons. seasons yeah, seasons 1 through 8 and 1 through 10. Yeah, 1 through 8, uh, 1 through 10. Like there's some, some gems in, in 9 and 10, but yeah, definitely 1 through 8 are solid gold. Yeah. Yeah. Even though one, the animation is booty as fuck. Yeah, but that's what started it all, you know? You're right. You're right. You know, it's it's kind of, uh, it's grandfathered in, man. Like you, it is, it like is. You, Essentially, yes. Like, you have to like it. Yeah. You can't not like it. Yeah. And it's funny how it became a show that was, you know, supposed to be based around the antics of Bart Simpson. It became yeah. a show about Homer Simpson. So. Pretty much. Yeah. But I guess that'll be a conversation for another day. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so. Cool. Cool. So. Cool. Well, it was a pleasure having you on, Jose. Well, thank, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank Brian. you for coming. They, do, you, uh, do you do social media? Do people find you and um, talk to you? What's, yeah, I mean, I'm on, you can find me on Instagram and on uh, Twitter under the same handle, uh, JRM0021. So you can do those. I'm not too active on, on either one, but, you know, hey, someone says hello. Yeah, um, give him a uh, shout out. I'll say, I'll say hi back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where that's where you can find me on social media. Oh my god, it's Jmar from episode three. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody will. I'll probably get some some people throwing stuff at me. But no, hey, man. hey, whatever. I don't. No, know. Everybody likes this album. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great album. Yeah. I and mean, it's not like we're like, we we tore it apart and said, "Oh, this is why it's a bad album." No, we only said this is a good album. Yeah. I mean, at worst, we said this part was okay. Yeah. We're like, oh, you know what, this track? Eh. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's all about drugs. It is pretty much. But yeah, it's all good. Yeah, thank you for for having me on. Um, hopefully, I'll come back again real real soon. I have a couple albums that uh that I want to talk about. Awesome. I figured I'd start with something a little more popular, and then maybe something that wasn't as popular. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, that's in fine. The future, which uh, for sure will rock pretty hard. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm uh, I'm taking on any any comers, all comers, all comers. Yeah, animals as leaders. I mean, periphery. Whatever. The gent. I expect I expect a like a gent album from you. Oh me no 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 I was like let me let me start easy. I mean next would be to be to be honest like I, there was I think was what was a precursor of gent in this album like at least for the bass part because the whole June yeah but it wasn't so percussive yeah 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 I mean that would actually be an interesting kind of thing like tracing down where gent came from yeah that yeah. would actually be really cool holy shit. I mean, everybody's going to say Meshuga, but... Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they might be right. Yeah, I mean, because they used really, you know, seven and eight string guitars and just, just really loud, hard, slow, syncopated way. Like cold, just yeah. robotic tone almost. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. you, you try to, like, bang your head to it and... You're just like, it's wait. like eleven seven time. Yeah, it's it's all over the place, but it it rocks pretty hard. Yeah. No. Then there's the the American sound of like Fear Factory, mm. you know, which had the same tone. Right. The music was different, but pretty much same bass, same guitar mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah, that that might be interesting to kind of really like break that down. Yeah. The evolution of Gent. <laughs> yeah, it's still young, but regardless, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a pretty good topic to discuss. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This, these yeah. are good thoughts. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lewis. Yes, sir. Where do people find you? You can find me under as uh, underscore Rivera Lewis on Twitter. On Twitter. 
Yes. Only Twitter. Only Twitter. Only Twitter. So you I, don't you don't have Instagram? I do have Instagram, but I take that back. I redact what I said about Instagram. Why? Because too many haters? No, just uh uh I mean I, I post silly stuff. I mean whatever. If people wanna find me there too, go ahead, but whatever. I I think I'm more active on, on Twitter than I am on, on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, you might be. I'm definitely more active on Instagram than I am on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at CoolMarkD on both, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's Mark with a K. And um, what about the show? Oh, show. The um, show is so we have craftingthegroove.com. Yeah, that's our website. And then uh, which we still have to put up. No, it's up. I mean, it it's just re- redirects to uh, scumbags. Yeah, which is fine. Right. Well, I kind of need. Well, we actually need to like uh, any social media platforms where I can find you. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know that I created accounts for us yet. Yeah. Uh, what about? All right. So where can where can they find you? Where can they find the podcast? Uh, craftingthegroove.com. Yeah. Okay. Is the best way to do it. Uh, we're on Google Music. Finally. Did, yeah. Google All right. Music sweet. accepted us. Did you submit to iTunes? No. I, was I, I supposed I, to? I I thought you were going to, but I'll go okay. ahead and do it. All right. All right. Whatever. I mean, I don't care. I'll go ahead and do it. Um, like, I just need to read up the process of doing so. Yeah. I just um to get the the actual dot com working, I may need to look at that a little bit. Okay. Um, but right now, uh, as far as we have an RSS feed, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's the thing. Our our URLs right now are consistent, so I don't want to mess with that too much. Okay. Cool. So. Um, Cool. Long story short, RSS feeds for right now, and before you know uh, it, Google where Music. final where finer podcast can be found. Once we get on iTunes, every almost all the other services pull from iTunes or Google Music or both. Okay. Yeah. So we're on Google Music. Um, I think I also submitted us to uh, Pocket Casts. Okay. Uh, which is what I use actually to listen to podcasts on my Android phone. Okay. And I really like it because there is also a sync thing where you can use a web player to kind of see all your podcasts. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I use uh, I use Podcast Addict. On Android. Okay. Do is there a way to submit to them or? Uh, no. I mean, I, I just pull the RSS feed. Okay. So cool, cool, that's cool. usually what I do. Yeah, I mean, it like has, a has a built-in search. Okay. Yeah, All right. Built- so yeah. Cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out and see if we can submit to them. Yeah. Addict. Yeah. Okay. Podcast addict. Because I've heard podcast addict, and I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I that that was my <laughs> point. I'm like, I don't understand this. That doesn't make any sense. All but, right. Cool. So thank you very much for for coming. Yeah, thanks, and, man. Thanks to uh, Ben Sharp. Yeah, thanks to Ben Sharp again for the intro. Okay, Cloud Kicker. Yeah. Yeah, I heard the the intro. Was, yeah. 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 It's pretty good. Pretty that, good. That, that's like the greatest guy ever. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, he was super cool. I emailed him and I'm like, hey, man, can, can we use your songs for our intro? Yeah, man, sure, whatever. Yeah, sure, go nuts. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be surprised how, you know. It's always super pleasing when somebody's even cooler than you could have imagined. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, you know, like, like, you'd be surprised how cool some people are. Yeah. You just yeah. go, hey, man, like, can we do this? Or go ahead. Yeah. We may need to go to Ohio just to talk to him. I mean, it's not on my bucket list, but if like, I ever do like Hot Rod Power Tour or something, they drive all through there. Depends I'll, on. I'll make a detour to go see him. Depends on where in Ohio, I guess. You know? Yeah. It'd be cool, though. It'd be cool to see, to speak with Cloud Kicker. Does he live in, in Dayton? Do we get 138 spokes? I feel like you're trying to reference something that I don't understand. Damn it. So that was a reference for me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Thanks, cool. everybody. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. See you.